0: Welcome to Fashion Your Seatbelt, your first class seat to one-on-one conversations with the fashion industry's top voices. I'm Jessica Michaud, and I created this podcast to share the joy I have in getting to know all the amazing people who bring this creative, inventive, and extraordinary business to life. You'll get to hear the cadence of their voices, the sound of their laughter, and feel firsthand how passionate they are about what they do. But before we get this show on the road, I want to say a quick thank you to GPS Radar for making this episode possible. GPS Raider is the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect. Also, I just want to remind you to leave a review. Stars are really trending right now, and it helps other very stylish listeners like yourself find the show. Now buckle up, and let's get started. Hello loyal listeners, we are back from our holiday break with a great interview with designer Glenn Martins. He is the creative director of Y Project and he is one of the most talented young designers working in Paris today. His spring-summer 2019 show was a seminal collection that beautifully underlined the real breadth and width of his conceptual creations that have their foundation in streetwear, but their execution is of a couture level. Born in Bruges, Belgium, Glenn was not one of those designers who dreamt about fashion from an early age. Instead, he studied interior design and just by happenstance ended up applying to the prestigious and renownedly rigorous Royal Academy of Fine Arts in Antwerp, where, in the end, he would graduate at the top of his class. From there, Glenn landed a gig as the junior designer for the women's wear pre-collection at Jean-Paul Gaultier. And he also spent time working as the first assistant to the founder of Y Project, Johann Serfati. Then in 2012, Glenn launched his own signature brand before being asked by Serfati's business partner to come back to the Y Project brand as its creative director after Serfati had passed away in 2013. From that moment until today, Glenn has produced collections that are filled with shape-shifting clothing. Pieces that look sliced and diced together have intriguing appendages or layered in ways that make them look both familiar and fantastical. And the fashion world has taken notice. In 2017, Glenn was awarded the top prize at the Andam Fashion Awards here in Paris. I spoke with Glenn just a few weeks before he presented his latest menswear collection at Pitti Uomo in Florence, foregoing a Paris show for the prestige and honor of presenting his collection in an arena that celebrates the best that menswear has to offer. But what I love most about Glenn is that neither his growing fame nor the number of accolades he continues to receive have gone to his head. He's just a great guy that he'd be happy to grab a beer with and talk the night away. So let's, you know, start with a softball question. Can you talk a little bit about um, your beginning with fashion? Because from my research, you really didn't study fashion. Fashion wasn't like in your blood from when you were young. You had a degree in interior uh, architecture. Design.
1: Actually, I come from a very, very classic background. I studied Latin and languages in high school uh, I'm in a very small provincial town. So art wasn't really something that you were like confronted with. Hmm. I mean, uh, I come from Bruges. So when, you, when you're there you really like, you live in a very sleepy city and a very beautiful, austere city. So it definitely colors a bit like your way of thinking. So I actually expected to become a lawyer or uh, an Egyptologist and at the end of high school, I was a bit like, mm, maybe I should do something artistic a bit more because theoretical studies are fine, but at a certain point I, I get easily bored. So um, I thought interior design was a, good, was a good shift. Like it's a bit of, a bit of architecture, a bit of mathematics, mm-hmm. physics, whatever, and then and a bit a little of creative. Arts, side. And a bit of creative side. Mm-hmm. Graduated at twenty one, had no idea what to do. Way too young to to work. Mm-hmm. And then my parents had this beautiful deal with me that whatever, as long as I didn't fail a year in university mm-hmm. I could keep on studying. Oh wow,
0: so, that's uh, fantastic. That
1: was, well, I did have to work also like holiday jobs. Yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. We all been there, we've we've been, like three
0: side jobs to pay yeah. for we've the all school Yeah, okay.
1: <laughs> At least like the rent was paid yeah. for the part of the, <laughs> part of the studies. So uh, and then you know like in, in interior design we went to study uh, the Anthropocademy which was an amazing building by Marie-José Van Hee, which is one of Belgium's biggest architects. Mm-hmm. Um, when I graduated from interior design, this, the, the Fashion Institute, the Flanders Fashion Institute, was just rebuilt. So uh, Linda Loppe just finished all her uh, works there. And it was. So we went to study that building as a, as a, as a study trip. And, uh, and that's when I heard for the first time we had this really famous school in, the, in Belgium, the Antwerp Academy. I had no idea about fashion, um, but I thought it could be fun, and especially because it was such a beautiful school. <laughs> such a beautiful <laughs> So building. basically you chose
0: it because of the architecture of the school. <laughs>
1: basically, I was a bit like that. I was like, oh, fashion could be cute, whatever. <laughs> and, uh, and then the thing is, like, you go to the entrance exams, you they're, like, with 400 people from all over the world. And then you suddenly understand the weight of that school. And, uh, yeah,
0: that school you know, does not mess around. It is hardcore. <laughs> like, there is a very small, small classes. I mean, it's a very mm-hmm. intense. And then you graduated, like, top of your class. So, I did.
1: It was, uh, it was very rough in the beginning, honestly. Like, because basically, also the Anthropocademy has this policy of, like, a bit of a drop off policy. So you start with 80 and you finish with 10 in the fourth year. Damn. Uh, so it's very stressy, honestly. Yeah. Um, and uh, how did you
0: deal with the stress?
1: Oh, but I'm not Taurus. So basically,
0: <laughs> that so explains that, it all. That
1: explains everything. <laughs> no, I really mean, like the thing is like when you when, when I'm into something, I really need to nail it. So mm-hmm. Otherwise, I, I feel very frustrated. So, uh, but I really had to catch up so much. As most most kids in my school, they they already graduated from fashion design in their own country or whatever, or they had to really like studied about it like forever mm-hmm. to move all the way. Also, I mean the thing is, if you move from Japan to study in you really have to want this kind of thing. So Absolutely. You know? I just was like one hour one hour away from. By train you know for me it was like a quite easy easy change but um so basically it was, it was kind of rough it was kind of uh, very stressy the first two years where I almost failed every year like I was really like on the verge and then I think I made a click in my third year and then what do you
0: think the click was about
1: I have not had maturing I think mm-hmm. I don't know like it's really maturing it's just suddenly like you know you spend so much time in in schools like this uh, studying students who graduate the years before you to see what's the golden rule of fashion mm-hmm. how to, and that's something that people do also today actually also when you're like in the industry and you work in the industry there's so many people like studying the whole fashion Do you think world, that that's
0: a, a good thing true. to study the, the past and other people or do you think it's better to be your own and have your own vision? I mean, I understand I why. I think it's good
1: at moments when you have a stable brand and then obviously this brand management and all those things are there to like develop and, and, and make your, your brand better but this is not the reason why you have success from the mm-hmm. beginning. Um, and that's actually, I think, uh, I think the moment as a, as a young designer or as a young student even, like the moment you connect. Like, leave this behind you and you really believe in yourself and Mm -hmm. you know what you stand for and you just push that that's the moment when you make the click and when when things go easier
0: (laughs) um well let me then talk to you a little bit about because when you you did the studying in architecture but your clothing that you're doing now at Y Project is very architectural in nature do you think that that there's a follow-through, a thread from that kind of Mm -hmm. study through what your design aesthetic?
1: Well, definitely, as I mean, like, uh, architecture was my first flirt with with artistic craftsmanship. So, obviously, like, uh, in the beginning when I was in, 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 in Antwerp, I really saw clothes as buildings, I really made pizza boxes, and they, they, they were skirts. And uh, obviously I developed that, luckily. <laughs> yeah.
0: That worked out <laughs> this, for you. <laughs> and,
1: and like more patterning and tailoring, but mm-hmm. uh, it's true that actually every collection starts with constructive experimentation, and, and that's the whole the whole starting point of every garment. It's really like, uh, how can we twist things, how can we revisit a pattern, uh, a, a, um, a tailoring, and then and then once we have... That concept, you project it on different kind of product groups.
0: Mm-hmm. Mm. Oh, you sound so businessy. Um, <laughs> I so, the, am. <laughs> <laughs> so you have a click third year, and then you just, and then you're going getting and you, you graduate first in your class, and mm. then after that, uh, am I right in thinking your first kind of design job was with Gucci? Is that right? Exactly. Uh, uh. He's definitely different than your aesthetic well, Maybe not. Tell me a little well, bit what it was like working with him.
1: Well, I was extremely lucky first of all because I had somebody in my jury in the final year of who actually was a friend with Gilles Rosier which mm-hmm. in those days was the head of Man's Wear and pre-collection womenswear. Wear and so basically I went straight to Paris with a job so that's like the present from yeah, <laughs> guys. Yeah, yeah, like, dream. Uh, dream situation and obviously also like starting at Gautier with Gilles, Gilles Rosier was was another present so, because the people are so sweet really mm-hmm. honestly and um, it's not at all this kind of bitchy um surrounding as fashion can be in yes. certain houses um so there it's super cute super sweet people but is such a example just because of the fact that he's such a happy person you know like he's really enjoying his work he's so passionate like years after uh, he still loves it every day and it's kind of nice to see how how people are actually can just enjoy their job and mm-hmm. don't like suffocate in the distress and the expectations from from the outside world so it's a very very beautiful um, Start of my career, also like I mean, Gauthier is a legend. I mean, if you also look back into his archives, and, and obviously we had access to archive pieces. that
0: must have been amazing. Um,
1: I mean, he's a true inventor.
0: Yeah, I mean, mm. I think that he mm. ta- he's one of the ones I love the most. The way he's able to twist his his codes and so mm. iconic his codes, and yet every season, every Couture season, now that he does something, the codes really twist in a beautiful new way. I find. Yeah. But mm. then, okay, so Gucci and did, was there anywhere else before you decided I'm gonna just launch out on my own? No, no,
1: no, no, I think, I think, I think I'm everybody should do a lot before launching.
0: Yeah, make all the mistakes at the cost of other well, houses,
1: exactly right? Exactly, as <laughs> much as possible. <laughs> Take your time to make many mistakes. Mm-hmm. No, after after Goethe, I went to uh, Johan Sefati, which was an independent brand here in Paris, uh, based in Paris and Istanbul. So I was mm-hmm. living between Istanbul and Paris. Extremely interesting also. Johan had to I had to close down his company because investor left. Mm-hmm. Uh, and then I went back to Paris more in a free- freelance position. I worked a lot with Bruno Peters, mm-hmm. Belgian designer, which in those days was uh, the creative director of Hugo Boss, mm-hmm. had his own brands. Uh, he gave me a lot of, um, of his side projects, like like collaboration collections with Weekday, the h H&M and okay. group. Yep. Uh, then he started his brand, uh, Honours Buy, mm-hmm. which was the first transparent luxury brand in, in the world. So yeah. actually everything was fair, ecological, good, certified, transparent also. Mm-hmm. So I designed those first uh, collections.
0: Was that important? Have you made that a, a kind of a cornerstone for you? Is that important for you, this idea of transparency and sustainability? I think As
1: definitely it's part of luxury. Obviously mm-hmm. today I think it's at think we should all embrace that. I mean, like we can't be a luxury brand if we don't take care of the future. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it seems like a <laughs> yeah. no-brainer to me. Yeah, absolutely. And also, like I mean, obviously, like uh, producing in Europe will be more will be more costly, but it's mm-hmm. part of luxury, also, isn't it? Mm-hmm. And I think at least you know that's your clothes you're wearing or are fine. And, yeah.
0: Um and so not basically the cost that, of transport and all that good. All those kind yeah.
1: of things of yeah. course. But uh no Bruno was definitely an eye opener and uh and, and also Bruno was also the person thanks to that person that actually started my own brand because mm-hmm. uh with the weekday collaboration we did, a basic collaboration as as you would have Carl felt for for H and M in mm-hmm. those days. Mm-hmm. Um he actually gave me eighty percent of the of the income because actually that happened in the period that she was taking sabbatical, mm-hmm. and basically that contract was signed, so he had to do it, mm-hmm. and um, so I was a ghost designer um, for this collections, and, and, and thanks to that cash that he gave me, I, I started my own brand. That's so
0: generous, right. that's so generous, and then so mm-hmm. your own brand, your signature brand, three seasons, yes, you did for yeah. your, on your own, right, and exactly. so I thought about that when I saw that, because I know when I have talked to Dries van Noot and he said, when you start your own brand, it's not the problem isn't your first or your second or your third collection. It's <laughs> after that. It's like after you've like all of your friends, you've used all your friends to help you, you know, set exactly. up your show. And it's when you get to that third collection where it's things the wheels start to kind of, you know, stick a little mm. bit where you get have to be creative. Can you talk a little bit about those three seasons and then um and then the decision to to move over to Y Project?
1: Well, I mean, honestly, it's, it's the worst. It was the worst, not the, not the worst, it was the heaviest or the hardest time of my life, I guess, like having your own brand. I mean, basically, if you don't have a proper income or family of resources, if you don't have really good connections in the industry, it's, it's very difficult. And I was all by myself uh, with two, three interns doing production, press, uh, I mean, sales, all the kind of things together, the patterns. So obviously, you have to be in all fronts. Um, it's extreme and indeed like, I think the most exhausting thing is actually to ask favours all the time mm-hmm. from everybody this, this is uh, deadly especially after like three seasons <laughs> yeah.
0: exactly exactly it's that <laughs> three season kind of pain point yeah you yeah yeah constantly
1: have to ask favours mm-hmm. or constantly constantly like so uh, I mean it worked quite well I mean the thing was like we, we had like around 15 stores we had good stores opening ceremony all, all this kind of stores mm-hmm. uh, very good press uh, the thing was that's the moment when Y Projects uh, rang at my door and were mm-hmm. like okay do you want to Take over these brands, and
0: and what what is that decision process like? What where are you like? I've run out of favors, or what is the, bit, where's the? Where's the? It's a bit that actually.
1: Choice? I mean, like it was a small company, but at least was CEO there. There was like five people in the team, hired people, mm-hmm. um so Salaried people. salary people who were supposed to be working late also because we're paid for it.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I know there's a lot of guilt around that. I know. I know. Yeah. <laughs>
1: so. Um, so basically that was it. It was just like, okay, I'm continuing myself. Am my I also like, I mean, like I was cutting my patterns on my bed, you know, there were my interns on my bed, like whatever, like. Uh, the fabrics were under the bed, you know, mm-hmm. like it was that or being in a little company mm-hmm. um, where yeah, indeed maybe I had to leave away my name but yeah, mm-hmm. I mean like where I could also have the creative freedom. Mm-hmm. Then the thing was like I completely underestimated the whole idea of Y-Project also because Y-Project was, was a very sensitive brand as Johan did. The Y-Project, yes. y the original designer and yes. also Johan who which worked but but before. Earlier, yes. um, he passed away so there's definitely no uh there's no elegant or beautiful, cute way to take over Brandon Morning. Yeah. Um, so you really have to it's super sensitive. I mean, the team is in mourning. The people who are buying your customers are mourning. Mm-hmm. Um, so basically, yeah, that uh, was very tricky. And the thing was, like, out of respect for Johan and the whole surrounding, we decided to do a very slow transition in the beginning. Yeah,
0: let's talk about that mm-hmm. transition. Mm-hmm. How do you pace that out? How do you feel c- comfortable, especially in such a delicate situation?
1: Well, I really started from his world in the beginning. The thing was, like, Johan had a very specific, um, yeah, artistic vision. It was very much projected to his own personality. Mm. He was a fitting model from. from Brands, uh, he was really incarnating white projects, the historic white project. Obviously, there was also no way that I could be him, so there was also no point that that, that we would exactly continue in his way. But out of respect of of the legacy and everything, uh, we just started from him, and every season, in the lapse of two years, every season we left a bit. Mm-hmm. More of you on behind, mm-hmm. and we went closer to my world. Mm-hmm. Obviously, today the brand is still built on his on his on his, his, his fundamentals, mm-hmm. but uh, it is very much my my world now. No.
0: <laughs> so let's let's talk a little bit about your world. I mean, so where. For somebody who doesn't know why project is, as well as I do, can you talk a little bit about your world and what you've created and what you want to get across with this brand when you put it out there on the on the runway?
1: But I think it's it's a, it's a very eclectic uh, brand. <laughs> it's a very eclectic brand. it's very it's versatile and it's very joyful. I think that's that's really the main words I would say. For this brand it's a brand which is in theory uh, how we want it, embracing all different kind of people mm-hmm. um, that's why we have a very eclectic catwalk with very different kind of looks for different kind of of uh, personalities on the catwalk mm-hmm. and uh, the idea is a bit is a bit to embrace that diversity we find on the street already like in, in paris mm-hmm. but also within yourself i mean like i can be very businessy and then and, and talking now very seriously mm-hmm. but like in three hours, my uh, my head of sales has her birth and we will probably be shouting with a beer. <laughs> you know, like oh, that sounds good. <laughs> so, and uh, so basically, we are so many different people. And I think actually, clothes could actually embrace that. Mm-hmm. And um, and why cannot one jacket embrace your different kind of moods? Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really about that. So obviously, as we as we we want to be so versatile, there's like it's translated in different kind of ways. It's translated in a way that. We have a very eclectic collection plan going from streetwear to daywear to couture Mm -hmm. to tailoring to corsetry. Like every single product group possible, we will embrace it and include it in the collection um, and then furthermore there's also the the way of, of how to see clothes you know like obviously i talked about architecture in the beginning mm-hmm. but this architecture is often um uh, helping the way how clothes can be changeable and adaptable mm-hmm. um, so there's a lot of ways so we can zip things open flap things down whatever like so basically one coat can be like super slicked up but also trashed down become more conceptual more yeah all different kind of yeah I have one of your <laughs> denim
0: jackets where it's two pieces and then there's and it's slit open in pieces so that you can let uh, your shirt underneath if you just wear one part or you can layer it. and I think they're very versatile they're very transformative pieces I really really enjoy them
1: so, yeah, it's always a <laughs> it's always quite tricky to explain to our customer <laughs> yeah I can imagine that
0: the, the yeah sales people have a, their work cut out for them
1: no we give them a little manual with. It, actually. <laughs> and actually it works, it works really better. yeah we have little manuals <laughs> okay okay uh
0: <laughs> Um, uh, so let's talk a bit. So then you're you're going strong. You're building your identity, moving it t- more towards you at Y Project, and then um, and then Andam, right? Oh, I mean, yeah. so wh- how, can, is that would you say? that had more of an impact on you, like really sh- shifted things, or were there a moment that you really felt like, okay, we're, we're you know, cooking with gas, as they mm-hmm. say, like, was can you talk about, maybe, was it when Rihanna started wearing everything you designed, or, I mean, <laughs> was there a moment you're like, all right, here we go?
1: <laughs> I mean, I mean, we were quite aware that, that it was going quite well, obviously, the press has been following us very much, we've been growing 30% every season since... We started showing women's wear on the mm-hmm. catwalk. Um, yeah, because you
0: added women's
1: wear. I had a women's wear to project, but we had women's wear in the very beginning already. I, I arrived and I strictly added women's wear, mm-hmm. but like we only did like uh, lookbooks, yeah, obviously. And then I think it was two or three, two and, two and a half years ago, we started showing them on a the catwalk, and that's really made a shift, mm-hmm. really made a difference. Um, and I mean, obviously, like yeah, everything went really well, but, but then. The moment you have them celebrating you and them knowing it's only business people, people like it's all CEOs, people really hard within the industry, yeah, which are not just uh, living on all the glamour, right? Mm-hmm. They really like into the numbers or whatever, mm-hmm. I and mean, then they actually confirm you that they think you, you, you're you worth having this award, uh, then you're kind of like, okay, good. <laughs> it means I'm doing a good job. I'm really it's going like good It's like the direction. validation of yeah. the
0: industry, yeah. yeah. I like, wouldn't say it's like the Oscars, although it's pretty, in Europe, it's pretty it's, 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 mm, close.
1: It's, it's close, but I mean, but it's just that it's it's very impressive people. you know, mm-hmm. like I mean, I think both LVMH and, and them are very impressive awards, mm-hmm. uh, but the LVMH award is, of course, more orientated on a lot of designers mm-hmm. and who, who also are in your jury. Mm-hmm. Um, and yeah, Andam is really like uh, the, the CEOs. Huh? You, yeah, well, I mean, you,
0: so you get this nice lump of, ch- mm. ch- you know, nice chunk of change that you get mm-hmm. um, from Andam, but you also get the a year of mentoring, right? Yeah. With the Francesca. CEO. Yeah, so talk to me about what Francesca brought to you, or how did she, you know, the CEO of so, uh, YSL. Yeah, yeah. Uh,
1: yeah, Francesca's, was amazing it was really it was really beautiful I mean the thing is I think actually that, that's the best part of the whole um, of the whole award that you have like direct access with her mm-hmm. uh, I mean she, I was the one uh, she was the godmother of my year I think the person who won this year let's say has another godfather godmother mm-hmm. um, but yeah it's a full year access to her where you can actually go with every single question you want to ask and oh my gosh. Uh, so uh, we had lunches and then breakfast every second third week very easy also, and I think she's a very, very, extremely clever woman. The nice thing also is that she, she has a, even though she's at the head of Saint Laurent, um, she knows about small brands. She's been in a small industry, and mm-hmm. uh, she's been there for a long time, and she, she knows how, how a little brand has to, what he has to do, what the, the troubles are mm-hmm. to, uh, to succeed. So, um, yeah, I mean, the thing is also, obviously, I never had, um, such a big brand as Y product before me and also I worked at Gauthier let's say for a year but I was super young but I never was in a very in a, for a very long time in, in, in the house yes. so I didn't uh, really see that much how all this, what the steps would, would have to be mm-hmm. done or which steps we, we, we would have to make mm-hmm. also my CEO um, is not from the fashion industry he's like in informatics and in So so it's also his first brands. so basically we're both a bit junior uh, being at the head of this company and obviously we we're, we're interesting or we, we like I mean obviously I mean like we're very curious so we we ask a lot of questions we watch a lot around us um we, we know where to go and what to do, but obviously to have a Francesca who can confirm um, your, gut. your guts, mm-hmm. it's really helping you. Mm-hmm.
0: Yeah, I can imagine. Is, was there any one big takeaway that you got from her that you're like, oh, man, this is brilliant. But let's talk about
1: this versatility thing. It's actually like, you know, sometimes we have issues with the fact that a lot of our clothes, not all collection, but some of our clothes are, are quite tricky because they have so many ways of wearing and mm-hmm. you can change it in so many so many directions. And then at some point, we were like, okay, let's maybe we should actually slow this down and make this a bit more accessible. Where mm. Francesca was like, you know, people came to you from the very beginning for this kind of quotes. You have to keep on giving that. Mm-hmm. And uh, it's important to always stay true to yourself.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: Um, so this is like very stupid things, you know, like a bit of... Uh, but yeah, sometimes you put
0: yourself in, you know, you <laughs> put yourself in question and you, mm-hmm. you wonder about those basic fundamentals and whether mm-hmm. or not you need to challenge those. I get it, I get it. Um... So then let's talk then a bit a little about um, culture of the company. You said you've never had a company so big before. You know, how do you build um, you're talking about fun and diversity, how do you create that culture within Y Project? What do you or is it a conscious thing that you're hiring people for their talent but also for their energy or how do you create that good and mm-hmm. friendly environment like you grow up when, quote unquote yeah. at Gautier?
1: Well, actually, most of our people are actually old interns, so it's always like uh, I think ninety percent are interns who each we hire at, at a certain point. Uh, the thing is also, I guess, like I'm, I'm the oldest one of on the whole the whole team. I'm thirty five. Okay, mm-hmm. so my CEO is a bit older, but I'm the oldest one. So basically, everybody's between twenty five and 35. and and uh, obviously we take care that we make sure that people are there for the good reasons mm-hmm. and they get along very well. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> and it happens very naturally at the end. You know, but it's really fun. It's like I mean, I'm, I live very small, as most people in Paris. And uh, the thing is, when I draw my collections, I need my big table. So I always work in the weekend at the office where I can open up the tables, um, spread out, spread out the drawings, and I always think I'm going to be super concentrated by myself. And then I see my pets maker coming in just to get a coffee, mm-hmm. or somebody else coming in because of something different. Mm-hmm. I mean, I remember when I used to work at companies. I mean, not that I would hate uh, thinking about companies in my free time, but I would definitely not, not go stop. there on the weekend. <laughs> And they're all like they don't give a they don't care, they just come in. (laughs) Like spend some time then they're like watching television together uh, in the evening football matches like till
0: Oh, I, mean, I want I to come work at your office. That it's, 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 it's it sounds great. It's,
1: it's a very good atmosphere. And I think it's um, it's also because, you know, I mean, we're also very privileged because we are we are going really well. We're growing. So I think mm-hmm. people also know that they're there for the good reasons mm-hmm. and that together they're really building on something. Yeah. And, and uh, also how I also structure my company is that, for example, just for example, my office is as big as this one. But I have two tables next to each other. And my table is the creative table but next to it is the commercial department so we also really work together it's also Mm. it's very it's quite of um, the Google concept I don't know if it's Google or who who did it before but like where people can come in whenever they want to come in also like Mm -hmm. we don't have this It's very free. I mean, like, mm-hmm. everybody is responsible for his task. They know their responsibilities. If they want to come in at midday, they can come in at midday, as long as they're there for the big meetings, they're there for the fittings. Mm-hmm. Um, we yeah, trust they feel, they, they
0: yeah, they do their they get work. They do their work done. and we trust
1: them, and, and, and mm-hmm. they do whatever they want to do, actually, next to that. So it's, it's a quite free vibe. Um, um, and then everybody's quite mixed. And so.
0: You know, but when we when we post this, you're going to get like thousands of requests for <laughs> <laughs> interns wanting to come work with you. And
1: they work also quite a lot. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. It's no nine to five job. Uh, <laughs>
0: it's
1: still fashion. <laughs> we will fashion
0: twenty four. <laughs> um, so then let's talk a little bit about. Well, you talks. It sounds like in your work life, it's very collaborative, and and you know everybody mm-hmm. best idea wins kind of process. Um, and then you've also done collaborations. These great. This course is great. One with Uggs, the, the footwear is amazing. And then also you did one with Diesel. Um, what do those kind of collaborations do for you or bring to you? I mean, besides maybe a cash influx, I don't know. But
1: yeah, <laughs> of course, the cash is always part of the deal. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I mean, like, Ugg for us is like really collaborations like with, with other brands for my project is only something I would do uh, when I really feel it's exciting. It's first for two reasons. reason one is when it's a product that I can't develop myself because is too complicated. For mm-hmm. example, sunglasses. Yeah. Uh, this is something which, which I don't think you can produce yourself. You have to work with a, with a partner for that. Uh, or it's like a product which is really exciting, and I think Ecco was really exciting. I mean, I, a lot of uh, proposals. I'm not going into it because I just don't want to be the other designer doing the other collaboration with that brand again. Mm-hmm. Um, with Ecco, I mean, it's it's such an uh, such a legendary
0: mm-hmm.
1: uh, shoe, and also the it's a very honest shoe. I think it's like, um, it's invented for in the seventies for surfers. So they wouldn't freeze down their little feet when they came out of the Pacific, Pacific ocean. Mm-hmm. Uh, and actually that, 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 that form follows the concept. I mean, yes. it's really like it's to heat up your feet and it's not really the importance, not the beauty of it. And mm-hmm. then, then of course, then you have the challenge, like, how can I, own this mm-hmm. legendary, yeah, <laughs> shoe. yeah, make it your own,
0: absolutely.
1: <laughs> and uh, so I was really triggered about it, about the concept and mm-hmm. about the idea, and that's where 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 I went for it. I think also, that's also like the nice thing about Wiper Wiper as this stage is that we. Um, I mean, we are still very independent and we don't have to fulfill all the commercial cases so we can still really go for challenges and for fun and mm-hmm. for, for things we really want to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I think when you have a, when you have a bigger brand, yeah, you have this whole management department. It becomes a bigger piece. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> lots of, <laughs> lots of <laughs>
0: notes, let's <laughs> lots say. <of> notes. <laughs> yeah. yeah.
1: So yeah, that was, that, was, that was... And then Diesel was a very different thing. Diesel was really more for me because it wasn't with really Y Project. It was independently from Y Project. Honestly, like, Diesel was is one of these brands which is as legendary as Ugo, obviously. And mm-hmm. the thing is, like, I remember um, in, the, in the 90s when I was in Bruges in my little provincial town, I think the, the Diesel campaigns came into the magazines and you had, like, gay people in there, you had minorities being celebrated. Mm-hmm. And Renzo with Diesel was, for me, really the first person who really opened up problem zones to all different kind of uh, ladders of society and, and, and I would never have uh, been confronted with those issues if I wouldn't have had the diesel campaigns and I would never have thought about it when I was mm-hmm. like a, a teenager and uh, I think he, out of respect even actually for, for what he did with that, because his campaigns were amazing. Amazing, yeah. Amazing. Um, I thought it was really nice to celebrate it was 40 years. It's, uh, the, collab, the collab was really a celebration of the, the 40 14th years. birthday of mm-hmm. diesel. The mm-hmm. um, so yeah, that was.
0: <laughs> All right. So you like celebrations because isn't it for PT? You're doing your menswear in PT, and it's the ninetieth or ninety-fifth anniversary for PT, I think, as well. Yes. You're, you're you're gonna go with a yes as the answer. <laughs> yes, <it laughs> so, um, what was the decision behind yes? This year we're gonna do. <coughs> this year we're gonna do PT.
1: Well, it's not really up to me. is them. <laughs> they choose
0: <laughs> well, I'm sure that they asked you and you can say yes or no
1: you can say no obviously no 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 they asked us already like last year um, then I don't know why it didn't happen anymore actually it was for, for in the summer I actually would have preferred to do a show in summer as flowers oh, in summer as yes it's, a little it's bit really more nice than, yeah. than winter then it came up to be this year um, now in January I think I mean PT is an amazing platform. It's I think for men's where it's one of the biggest platforms you can have. And then if you see of, of course it's a fair, it's a commercial fair, but then they do invite the most amazing mentor, mentor designers. I mean, Raf was there, Jebuannesson was there. Mm-hmm. I mean they've all been there. Mm-hmm. And then it's really nice to be I mean, it's such an honor to be part of this family suddenly mm-hmm. and now it's your turn. Then next to that is also it's also Florence again. It's mm-hmm. like one of the most enchanting towns of the world. Mm-hmm. Um and they give you, actually, carte, carte verte. Or yeah, and, and, yeah, and yeah. And they also have the key
0: to...
1: Carte blanche. Carte blanche. Carte verte.
0: <laughs> <blanche. laughs> <laughs> like,
1: sorry, green <laughs> cards, <or> whatever. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. But uh, carte blanche, yeah. So basically... Um, And they have the key to the city. You can go anywhere. Honestly, like, it was amazing. so Francesca, which is one of the heads of of PT, uh, she was asking me, like, so what do you like with Y Project? I'm like, oh, Y Project, but historical. We like historic references. So I'm like, we like churches, castles. And then I've been seeing, like, I've been there Mm -hmm. twice for for two days. Every palazzo in the town I saw. <laughs> and everything is as is an option. And is that, and is that <laughs> so.
0: inspiring the collection, or was the collection already pretty well on its way before the Pichi thing? No, about I, that?
1: I was definitely much on it's, its way already. But it's also funny because you go there, you visit like. Uh, yeah, churches, whatever, like next to Giotto, and actually you don't really give a shit because mm-hmm. you're actually thinking about uh, your catwalk and your models and mm-hmm. backstage But well, How's uh, all gonna work? <laughs> yeah. yeah, yeah, You are like surrounded by the most beautiful art. Yeah, <laughs> Fent- Florence is one of my favorite cities.
0: Yeah, it's gorgeous.
1: So, uh, but no, but I've seen a lot of amazing things. No, no, but the, the collection was was definitely already drawn. The whole idea was more like how it, I mean it's also such a nice platform because we're the only real show during the whole uh, the whole that whole period. People who come to see the show um, at PT. They're much more relaxed, I guess, mm-hmm. also than doing a so show totally in, different in, in Milan, Pira- Paris, or London, and they're they're ready for, for an experience, mm-hmm. which I don't think you want to do when you're in Paris and you have your ten show every day. Yes. You just want to go to your show, see the thing, <laughs> ever, and get and out. And yeah, get out. and get out to the next one. <laughs> so there, it's really like a, I think it's the only time you can actually do this such kind of thing. So we, we we're envisioning something.
0: But I, yeah. I want to take one step back and go and talk about your spring summer nineteen collection because well, I know you introduced bags in that collection, mm-hmm. and the jewelry was amazing as well as. We're talking about accessories but I thought that collection was exceptionally well done like from top to bottom like between, from the from the, the set to the clothing to the accessories to was um made the top of my list of the of the shows yeah. of fashion of the fashion season what um, did you do you have any sense like oh yeah this one we, it's the full deal like we've got it or or you have no idea until you see the reviews and everyone's just like oh my god because I'm not the only one to think that it was a fantastic I'm show I'm always
1: extremely stressed after the show and I'm always like unbearable when I'm not unbearable I'm just very in myself I'm not too talkative to people until I have the reviews mm-hmm. you never really know basically it's really true because the thing is also like uh, I mean, I'm backstage. I'm also like, I'm with Ursina, we're doing all the styling, and we really like to be on the styling. So I'm touching every single model 20,000 times. I have I, I literally have sore legs the next day because I've been on my knees up and down, up and down, like 200 times in one hour Head mm-hmm. of the show. My hair is like wet. <laughs> I'm sweating. <laughs> I'm disgusting. Everybody comes to say hi. After. And you're like, don't touch me. <laughs> no, no, uh, I really, I, it's really, it's, it's always a bit of a. Giving birth in some kind of way, but um, so no, I'm not aware of it. I'm really too much in my own world and too much in the backstage. And uh, obviously, just that, that that one second you spend front stage saying hi to people, I mean, so many things go in your head that you're not really aware if people are really, mm-hmm. yeah, are they really happy or not? I mean, that like it's it's it's, um, it's a very uh, absurd situation. this show moments. Mm-hmm. Um, so obviously, like yeah, when, when you get these reviews and then 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 yeah, then suddenly start loosening up and mm-hmm. uh, and feeling the happiness coming back. <laughs> so uh, so uh, no, I was very happy with this Well, show. that was an amazing show. <laughs> Thank you. Um,
0: I, I do want to touch a little bit on because the brand is is it, it's not a LVMH, it's not a you know, it's not a inside of a big house, and it doesn't have the backing of you know you know millions and millions mm-hmm. of. Of, of dollars in a giant company, um, how are you using, let's say, social media and maybe influencers and uh, brand ambassadors or any of that kind of stuff to kind of build awareness for Y Project, maybe outside of the bubble of the of those of mm-hmm. us who really are dedicated to fashion? I mean, I can only see it as a tool for a, a brand like Y Project.
1: And uh, no, but actually, we're not doing this whatsoever. We're really like very independently in that. The thing is also we have no budget for that, as you say. Like we're we're we're, we're we are growing, but the thing is like a company in growth is always a company in difficulties, <laughs> obviously, because <laughs> you always have to yeah, <laughs> reinvest or whatever. Uh, I mean, everything was, was yeah, it's, it's just always a, a massive, every season is a new chapter and a new challenge. Um, and uh, the thing is also, I think, what I really worked on from the very beginning is, is this, aqua, I really tried to make this kind of different identity of a brand, like something which is very open, but also... little bit enigmatic that not everybody can understand directly Mm -hmm. and we we try to to work very hard on our campaigns also with that and 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 i think then it's also as it's a very free brand that is also it's very free i think it's also nice that people from very different backgrounds embrace it and that's why i also don't want to focus on a certain celebrity on or try to push uh instagram in one direction Mm -hmm. The, the instagram page we have is Extremely diverse, also. We like post all different kind of things. There's not one grit, mm-hmm. um, and 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 the people we never. I mean, the people who wear our clothes um, as celebrities and influencers, they they people who come themselves and and, and and they buy actually the clothes. Mm-hmm. So, uh, uh, or they borrow it from the press. Yeah, but we never we never really. Yeah,
0: <laughs> yeah because no, because what I'm looking mm. when I was looking mm. on the Y Project and even your in- Instagram feed, there it is very much. Pulling the imagery that has been created by other great magazines, mm-hmm. fashion magazines out there, how they interpret your clothing um, is very indicative. How differently they interpret your clothing is very indicative of how you know versatile the brand is. And I think that that shows in, in what you post. That's every so. try. Yeah. <laughs> well, there
1: you go. I got That's it. That's we try. <laughs>
0: um, so can you just talk? I know we, I know accessories is somewhere maybe you're pushing into now. Can you talk a little bit about you know where do you see the brand? The famous you know generic question. That one. It's A good
1: question always. I mean the thing is that we. Were so lucky where we are right now. I mean, the thing is, uh, at this stage, it's an extremely calculated brand um, in the way that um, we are a very small team. we in total, we're twenty-five, but that's all different departments. In the studio, we are seven, and they're doing four collections a year. So that's, that's a intense. lot. <laughs> that's intense. <laughs> that's a lot. So that means that actually, when I give them the collection plan, uh, there's no place for plan B or for every single pattern that they start. They will have to. They finish it, and it will be on a catwalk. And we have like only five percent of failure in the collection. So this, yeah, it's and and the moment a piece fails, let's say like um, in the process of making, mm-hmm. it will be a gap at the end for the sales. Really, like it's uh, because
0: there's yeah, a trickle down.
1: There will be like that 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 piece we actually would have needed because it's extremely calculated. The collection plan is like we have so many pieces. I can't because my team is that big. Mm-hmm. Uh, I can't afford having more pieces. If the slim-fitted denim that season actually has failed because the factory failed it, mm-hmm. uh, well, I won't have a slim the denim. And, mm-hmm. and then my commercial will be, really, will be pissed. We'll and then <laughs> <laughs> and, will be and everyone will hear about it. <laughs> and I will be the first one hearing about it. So basically, <laughs> the first idea now is to enlarge uh, internally the whole company. I mean, like we did, that. thanks to Andam, actually, we, we were able to hire seniors in the commercial department in the production department, which definitely helps, of course. Um, now the whole idea is that we actually try to stabilize a bit or to like grow uh, inside of the studio, so we can have a bit more freedom for experimentation, mm. freedom for playing, for like discovering new things, and then and yeah, and then letting things also happen naturally. Mm-hmm. Well, no, well, no, I'm I'm, I'm overcalculating everything, <laughs> which is cool. I mean, it's also like a very good. Um, Challenge, uh-huh, uh-huh. And I think that's it. But I, th- I think after PT, we will have opened all the different kind of product categories that we want to open. Uh-huh. Uh, we'll have menswear shoes. We'll have menswear bags uh-huh. also. Um, so now it's more about developing them and uh-huh. making them bigger. Okay. Um, and yeah. Okay. All right,
0: one last question before I do my five generic fashion questions. And that is, what do you do to relax and to get away from it all and recharge mm. your creative batteries?
1: Well, I'm, I'm quite... Uh, overactive, I have to admit. So actually, I'm not that uh, tired, and I'm also mm-hmm. actually now in a good position that indeed we did grow uh, uh, in the company. So I don't have to be in my commercial department, like sending the mails or like re- revisiting the mails of. Mm-hmm. Uh, so I have more plays now. For I learned to delegate a bit. That's <laughs> so, so, hard to do. Yeah, so, I know. Yeah. Um, so it's okay. Actually, I'm I'm fine. I mean, the thing is like um, what I need to do definitely is to be as much as possible away from the industry and the city so that's mm-hmm. basically like last weekend I was in Normandy the weekend before I was in Ildere mm-hmm. where basically the only thing I do is like walking and eating oysters um, if I don't have the time of weekends I will go out <laughs> if it's not a full weekend I think like <laughs> the, if it's like only Friday night I have off because next day I have to work but well, Friday night will be all right morning. so tonight's
0: birthday party might be the inspiration for who knows what
1: no it's not <laughs> it's gonna be a drink it's okay, going a drink okay, it's, okay, it's okay. still Monday it's still Monday
0: face <laughs> yourself face yourself
1: <laughs> Keep it under control. <laughs> the thing is, I think it's really nice to find a balance. The thing is also, I love the industry and I love, you know, like Fashion Week and being, having cocktails or whatever. I mm-hmm. think it's so nice to meet all those people. But it's also like, for example, when I won the of the, the night of the Andam. I was out like with the whole with the whole bunch of paris and we went out the whole night. The next day I was with my two best friends from Belgium who came over. I we just took the car, went to Fontainebleau and pitched a tent under a tree in the rain drinking whiskey and I was like the opposite side, you know, of the whole thing. That like <laughs> so a we black. were just like there like in the rain, like watching the trees and I think you need to have boats to to feel uh, Stay sane. In peace, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so that's it.
0: All right, here we go. Five generic fashion questions. Okay. Ready? <laughs> here we go. Um, what is your favorite piece of clothing that you own? Do you have can any cherished? Jewelry? Be, yeah,
1: my Actually, all my jewelry is super cherished. I, mean, okay. I, was still like, um, I think jewelry is really beautiful because um, it can be a story, it can be family, it can be everything. So actually, my, my earring is from my great grandmother who got it in 1906 on oh. her first communion. And then um, that's for my dad. That's my former fiancé. Yeah. <laughs> that's my best friend from India. So I think I think jewelry is very cherishing somewhere. Mm. I, I love it because they always have a lot of, they can have a lot of stories. I agree. Uh, mm. I
0: agree. Um, what is the one item of clothing um, that a woman or a man should really invest in? Say you don't have a big budget, you're saving up, what would be that one piece you'd really like get a designer or something that's really well-made? Mm. Well
1: uh, no, I think a coat. No? Okay. I think it's always nice to come in with a beautiful coat. Mm-hmm.
0: <laughs> I agree. I agree. Coat, Makes a statement. <laughs> <No>. <laughs> Absolutely. Uh-huh. <laughs> um, what? Who is your favorite designer, living or dead?
1: Oh, there's so many. Honestly, I love so many designers for so many different reasons. Um, let's give me one favorite one. Cristobal Balenciaga, maybe. I don't know. Uh, yeah, Why does really that one?
0: Come to
1: mind because it was like a mess, no? His thing, <laughs> like I was like, his clothes are so impactful. Yeah, <laughs> or, very true. Like, and
0: you're not the first person to say that, so. Yeah. so. yeah. Okay, Um, is there one fashion trend that you would never follow?
1: Branding. I don't don't do a lot of branding. No logos. No. no. But there's a little bit because we have to for <laughs> for for showing that it's yeah. also project. But yeah. we don't. I think it's. I mean, for for example, for me, it's like you know we do for example sportswear and mm-hmm. we have joggings and this kind of things. But I mean. To just sell a pair of joggings that's 400 euros because the brand on it, th- I think you're not respecting a customer. And mm-hmm. I think for me, it's really important if it's a jogging, and what we do is this like work or like there's like a, a part of denim in there, or whatever. Mm-hmm. Like in the sets, and that's when you see it's like a luxury, or like when you see it's like a, um, it's, it's worked true. Mm-hmm. So I think branding sometimes is a bit like. I mean, I think people, of course, it depends on the price range, of course, when you sell it. Mm-hmm. But uh, if it's overpriced, I think you don't take your customers very serious.
0: Mm-hmm. <laughs> I, I can relate to that. I understand where you're coming from. Okay, so last question. What do you love most about fashion?
1: Oh, it's so inclusive. It's, there's so many, or inclusive, I don't know if that's a good word, but it, there's so many different factors uh, that you that are there that you have to like own and play with I mean it's it's a social factor it's an artistic factor it's a business factor it's a, it's a team I mean like, it's everything and, and I think it's amazing how uh, how it's really a community situation already one and then and then yeah it's it's very diverse you know it is you you have to be she's chisophr- a bit schizophrenic, I think or multi personality yeah So <laughs> for sure yeah <laughs> to like go from one thing to the other and then it's it, yeah there's a lot of a lot of things to consider before mm-hmm. uh yeah making it <laughs>
0: <laughs> glenn this has been so fantastic thank you so much for coming and talking to me
1: thank you so much for having me
0: don't want to miss an episode of fashion your seat no problem just go to itunes or wherever you download your podcasts and click on the subscribe button then every new episode will drop into your feed automatically no fuss no muss Fashion Your Seatbelt is made possible thanks to the wonderful people at Launchmetrics, the software company that is powering the fashion industry, and GPS Radar, the members-only website where leading fashion brands and media connect in style. I am a member of GPS Radar, and I can tell you, as a journalist, it has made my work life run much more smoothly. Believe me, I know. I'm Jessica Michaud.